Hey guys, welcome to Content Candy's new, new show. It's kind of an old show. It's uh, Cinema Bias with myself, Video Drew, and Alex Mack. Please enjoy. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, what have you. Like and rate and leave a review. That's like a thing you can do on podcasts. And make sure to also check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways that you can support this channel, which is growing. Okay, end of thing. I also, yeah. Yeah, it's a struggle bus. <laughs> hey, 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 guys. Uh, welcome to uh, Cinema Bias. It's a brand new episode of Cinema Bias with one of your hosts. That is me, Video Drew. Uh, we also have another host here. Uh, right here. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. It's uh, Alex Mack. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm so super psyched to chat about this movie in particular. That's yeah. going to be a weird one, a fun one. This is a, there's a lot to dive into with this movie in particular. Yeah. So, before we get to that, though, this is uh, so this yeah. is cinema bias. If you haven't been here before, hey, Weston, elbow cough. I don't know what that means. Uh, I just want to say that uh, Streamlabs are open tonight. Uh, uh, streamlabs.com backslash video drew. We are donating uh, the proceedings from for this tonight and the rest of the month to uh, Smash Cancer, Kevin Smith's. Uh, 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 GoFundMe uh, for mm-hmm. his uh, for his upcoming battle battle royale. Uh, so yeah, please drop in a couple bucks. That'd be sweet. Um, hey, Lon. Uh, tonight we're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But before we even get to that, we have another thing to say, which is if you haven't been here before, this is Cinema Bias. Hi, welcome, hello. This is a show where we explore each other's, uh, me and Alex explore, sometimes with guests, sometimes not, uh, each other's uh, inherent biases towards certain kinds and against certain kinds of film, certain kinds of cinema. So this is being the month of October, we've done a bunch of spooky films, which means Alex has been in the hot seat a little bit more than I have as the lover of spooky things over here. Uh, but tonight's entry is a little bit different. Uh, this is a movie that I've, I've seen that I never quite connected with, but Alex had a different experience with when she saw it for the first time two weeks ago. And that's uh, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So before we get into that, this is like my name of the game today. Before we get into that, uh, Alex, why don't we tell, talk a little bit about what, what your bias is? Why didn't you ever see Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Um, I don't like horror movies. <laughs> That's my bias. It wasn't until this year that I actually started to watch horror movies. That's been my bias towards the horror genre in general, especially slashers in particular. Growing up, slashers were always a little extra terrifying to me compared to, say, supernatural horror or or things like that or monster movies. You know, just because it, you know, it when if it even though it's not more realistic usually but I mean at the same time there's it's based in real time it's based off of genuine fear especially mm-hmm. with the idea of being a, a single woman or just a, just or just being a woman let's face right. it women and slashers in particularly uh, it's it has a really weird relationship you know in general you know with the it created women and slashers is what created the whole final girl trope that mm-hmm. we no one arguably loved today. 
Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that. It's, it's, it's fine to hear you put this kind of point on it because I never realized it before, but I think I've had an aversion to slasher movies most of my life. Uh, I love horror movies, mm. but I'm starting to realize there's a distinction even between psychological thriller or horror, like, you know, thriller movies and like just the idea of horror movies that are definitely horror, but fall into the slasher horror, which is horror that could plausibly happen to you because it's just some guy mm -hmm. going around chopping people up. I'm talking your Black Christmases, your, mm -hmm. uh, your Friday the 13th, your Texas Chainsaw Massacres. These aren't the movies that particularly appeal to me either. I think m my take has always been, I just don't like gore. Like I love horror, but I don't like yeah. gore. I like horror that's like implied and implicit, you know, haunted houses, ghosts, scary stuff that can happen, demons, whatever, no problem. But the moment you get to like mm -hmm. a bone breaking, or anything that's like sort of torture porny. Like I really, my my whole thing just turns off and I'm like, I don't want to see this. So watching horror movies with 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 a couple people like Lon or with Nerd Chronic, I think they've like gotten this weird sense where I'm like, I love horror movies. And then I'm like, turn off. I can't, I can't watch it. Like, I don't want to see this. <laughs> uh, but let's see. Absolutely. So Toby's Chainsaw Massacre is a very uh, famous movie by Toby Hooper. Uh, this is kind of what got him uh, his, his, one could argue, not actual director. Uh, role for Poltergeist. Uh, there's a lot mm -hmm. going on here. Uh, mm -hmm. This movie was nigh incomprehensible to me until I watched it for this cinema bias and they watched it with the mas remastered uh, audio because my biggest issue with this movie has always been forever that you cannot understand anything that anybody is saying. Mm -hmm. the, the mixing was so poor. But uh, yeah, we watched it again last night. Interesting to get into it. But before we can, uh, can you tell me in 60 seconds, this should be pretty good because this this is a kind of short film that follows some logical like just beats, but I'm interested to hear mm -hmm. your take on who these people are to each other because I have been always confused. Uh, let's get six seconds. Uh, <laughs> tell me the plot. Yeah. Okay. Um. It it takes place in deep south. When I say deep south, I mean Texas. Um. And it's not going. Yet. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Let's see if we can get there. We go. Let's get 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 it. There we go. Go ahead. All right, so it takes place in Texas. A group of late teens, maybe early 20s, kind of kids, a, two, a few of them are related, and they're doing a little road trip. And, you know, they end up uh, coming across a hitchhiker guy that's like, hey, he's kind of freaking them out. And he's like, yeah, just take me to my family house, that kind of thing. And they end up having a weird experience with him where he ends up like cutting himself and like trying to cut someone else. And it gets really, really weird anyway. Okay. So the people end up like going into someone's private property ends up being not so much haunted, but they're, they find a lot of skeletons everywhere. Families, uh, they're cannibals. It turns out that the family of that one hitchhiker guy, it comes down okay. to, they start killing everyone and it comes down to the one girl and the guy's like waving his chainsaw everywhere. So it's like really, it's about a cannibal family and a bunch of people running away from them. That's that's good. That's good. There you go. That's, that's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's top right there. Hey, Aaron. Uh, Aaron's going. This takes place in Texas. Yeah. Uh -huh. Texas. Yes. Nobody mm -hmm. better sell the good nature of the good name of or good name of Leatherface. No one's gonna sell Leatherface, which I also believe is one word, uh, kind of like video drew. Mm -hmm. Uh. Don saying, yeah, I'm all sorts of twisty mind fuck you are, uh, not the gruesome kind. Uh, this movie is not particularly gruesome. I think that's a great explanation. Let me fill in a couple shades here. Uh, we did not mention, although it was implied, the iconic villain of this uh, franchise, uh, because this really goes on, and we can talk about that in a little bit, This, this, how big the scope of this universe becomes, because mm -hmm. it gets pretty big in the, in the ensuing sequels. Uh, oh, Leatherface. Okay. 
Leatherface is such an interesting horror villain. Uh, he's the one who, for most of the movie, you think that's who's stalking and killing the kids because he is. He's got this big chainsaw. He's just room rooming around. He's uh, got this house uh, apparently where you know he's, he's got he's got a bunch of aesthetic decor that looks like something that I would very much like to live in. It's all very like red walls and like cool. Uh, skulls, skulls and like I don't know I've a taxidermy I've always been really into the Leatherface aesthetic if not uh, his value system or dietary plan uh, mm -hmm. then yeah it turns out so one of the girls they dispatch the kids rather quickly so there's this one guy in a wheelchair which is never a great way to survive a horror film uh, and then there's his I think it's his sister or his cousin she's the one who becomes the final girl cousin, cousin. Mm -hmm. yeah she runs away she gets out of Leatherface's grip uh, she runs away to the grocery store, sorry, the gas station where they had originally stopped and they'd been like greeted by this kind of red neck, but like seemingly nice dude. She runs in and she's like, hey, help me, Leatherface is after me. And he's like, okay, calm down. He like goes out the door, you leave the door open. It's this really scary shot where you think the Leatherface is gonna come in. Said the dude comes in with a bunch of rope and starts like attacking her with a broom. Lo and behold, he's like, mm. Leatherface is like dad or I don't know, cousin, I don't know, part of that family. So he brings him home alongside, he brings her home alongside Leatherface is also there, like you mentioned, with the hitchhiker and their grandfather, who we thought was just a desiccated corpse in the attic, but no, is like actually alive somehow. Slaughterhouse family. So they try to give the grandfather the last, uh, his last hurrah of getting the basher over the brains, uh, like, you know, like he used to do in the slaughterhouse. But uh, she escapes, runs out the door uh, with the two guys following her. And one of them immediately gets run over by the truck. Uh, like a the giant semi, the semi stops, a guy gets out, Leatherface comes running after the two of them do like a little silly chase around in, inside the bed of the car, inside the truck. Then another car stops and she jumps in the bed of that and Leatherface is left dancing alone with his chainsaw in the middle of the road. And one of the my favorite whimsical, iconic shots in a horror movie is just the Leatherface just roaring with his chainsaw dancing silly in the road. Uh, so yeah, that, that takes place, that takes care of the plot of the initial film. Uh, I will add that, like in this, in the subsequent, because this is a fine enough place to do it. In the subsequent films, the the legacy of I think they were they call they're called the Sawyer family up until a certain point, um, mm -hmm. and I think it deviates and turns back into another family name. This becomes like an extended Devil's Rejects uh, sort of world where the real story becomes against the family of Leatherface and like his his tribe versus the authority of the town. Uh, of Texas, which is in, in Texas where they are, which as you can imagine, it is small, is small minded in certain ways or, or, or sort of uh, pejorative or, you know, they're not the greatest portrayal of, uh, you know, cops or authority figures in small towns. It's definitely hitting on, especially in later movies, definitely hitting on a certain element of, uh, you know, uh, corruption, corruption, uh, you know, the, in a couple of the, I think in the sequel, racism, yeah, I think Racism isn't really addressed, uh, I feel like, until you get Texas Chainsaw Massacre sure. 3D. Even then it's like weird, but it's more mostly about like how That's these true. poor Southern people and in positions of authority brutalize other poor Southern people that they consider white trash and how that leads to things like, you know, burning down someone's house or, you know, just like targeting and murdering people mm -hmm. who ne necessarily uh, like do anything and that in turn like makes them into violent killers and this Hopper gets involved and Matthew McConaughey in a certain point and Jessica Biel mm -hmm. and yeah the whole series just becomes uh, this big old mess but I do think it has some really interesting things to say as a franchise about uh, you know southern culture about uh, you know deep deep red red state red you know deliverance style fear and paranoia and and our mm -hmm. inherent biases 
So yeah, let's uh let's <laughs> let's get talking to. We're just talking though about the this movie itself. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's start with this one. How about put it in context? So what was this movie to you, Alex? Like you had some thoughts on this. The there's been a lot of franchises I've been dying to watch. Like I haven't seen any of the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I have not seen any of the Friday the 13th movies. Mm -hmm. And thing is, I, I've been trying to find a way to watch a lot of these movies. The thing is, I they're not available on any of the streaming services that I have. And I just discovered Tubi a little bit a, a little bit ago, and this is this movie is available, <laughs> the oh. original. It's available on Tubi, and so I was like, "Sweet Jesus, Tubi, thank you." As long as well as this, as as well as the Toby Hooper sequels, which I was and I and I just binge watched like three of them in a night. Oh, um, okay, so yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can expand this a little bit. To the a, I, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw. I saw all the Toby. Uh, Toby. Uh, uh, Hooper movie versions, Ooh, yes, okay. uh, sequels. The set, yeah, that second and third one. Um, and then one, and then I'm, I'm not sure if I've seen the third one. I've watched like a couple of these like kind of Kramit style videos on them, and I've seen yeah, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, which I do want to recommend. That movie has no I right do. to be as good as it is. It's oh got, my gosh, like, I I no? expected trash. It was I good. Loved it. Like it I actively loved that movie. The part where like Alfredo is like, "Do your thing, cuz," and then she throws the chainsaw at Leatherface and like catches it, and he's like, rawr, 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 rawr. Oh, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And you're like, "Oh, Leatherface it, is the good guy." Oh hell yeah, that's so good. No, it's so oh good. my gosh, I was like, I I had no idea where I was gonna go. I I I, 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 I didn't know the thing is. Uh, you know, like I've kind of mentioned a lot of my hesitation watching a lot of these major movies. It's just because like I've been spoiled, you know, spoiled for it like 10 million times. Why would I want to watch a movie where I know every single detail? Like why? Right. However, I knew nothing about this movie going into it. What, 3D? Nothing. Right? I, this, the, the 3D. Yeah, the 3D I one. I um, The 3D one. And so I was like, I and I also like I watched it the other day and I was like, I love this so much I it's like a it's, it's like an alternate reality to like alternate se reality sequel to the first one which i, I really really appreciated i think after toby hooper so. like it, it gets to the point where everything yeah that you have to read they're revamping the reality mm -hmm. of it so in this reality yeah. not not to make this a 3d podcast but this one is just so good that i think i'm so glad to hear you say that because i feel like no one else that i watched this with agreed that this movie was bonkers <laughs> incredible but but the okay. 3d one exists um where they burned yeah. down the house the, the sheriff burned down the house uh along with a bunch of townspeople uh of this family after they murdered mm -hmm. essentially they murdered the, mm -hmm. the this this after the events of the movie take place and then that family was like traumatized and victimized and then one of them had mm -hmm. like a kid and was given the kid was given away and the town meanwhile has been covering up this dirty little secret about like murdering a bunch of people like you know just like just like just the southern fried justice thing and so leatherface yeah. actually turns out to be the good guy who ends up saving the final Southern girl because the they are related. Yeah. <laughs> we, that should be that should have been the tagline for for the movie. Yeah. A te Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre 2013 or whatever it was. Southern hashtag Southern Fried Justice. <laughs> that was, that or tagline or whatever maybe because that that, that, I, that is one hundred percent should have been. Do your thing, cause is maybe the best, well delivered one of the top five I think most well delivered lines in a horror movie of all time. Of all time, I, yeah. The do I, your thing, cause and it's, 
Oh yeah, the thing is, we're not here to talk about the. No, 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 It's a great as as much as I loved it. Um, the going back to the original though, there's a lot to really dive into though because Toby Hooper, there's a lot of like a lot of really great things about it. Um, the cinematography, I was surprised at how beautiful it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I found it very bright. I found it very lovely. The cinematography, a lot of the shots were quite stunning. It was very clear. Um, the audio wasn't great, but no yeah. movie back then was great, you know, but it was definitely remastered. The one I listened to is remastered. So that definitely helped quite a bit. Yeah, but, it um, great, was it? Can you imagine what the original audio sounded like? It was like literally uh, like, a whole movie. Like, it's, it's just like, bad. it's just a lot of like chainsaw roaring, you know? Yeah, you can understand but, it. Anytime yeah, I've seen this movie, I've been like, who are these people and what are their relationships to each other? Because you couldn't understand the first half of the film. Mm -hmm. It just sounded like... It, yeah, and there would be like random little conversations talking about horoscopes and yeah. like <laughs> yeah, things absolutely. like that. And you're not really sure about the relationship between a lot of these people. Anyway, but there's a lot of unique tropes to this movie that I don't want to say started the trend of certain tropes. I, I don't know if this movie started the final girl trope. I don't know if this movie started the whole Southern horror villain uh, redneck trope. I don't I know, know if that's the case. But it, first. Yeah. I can't I, remember. But, uh, yeah. yeah, because I know like spit on your grave and you know, um, you know, things like that. That I, I, I think it might have come out yeah. earlier. Yeah, but it kind of well, came out around that time as well. It's not as much of a final girl because it's like I think she she's the one who flips the tables on them and becomes like the she's the she's the, she becomes the 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 thing that they're all scared of because she's taking revenge. But I, I get what you're saying. I actually let's no, see. She uh, does, I mean, she doesn't. I mean, like in the sequels, sure, but in the first one, revenge thing, no, I mean, the first one, she's not. It's literally her actively running away the entire time. She's never going oh, yeah. back to go kill him or rescue oh, someone. I, I'm um, to that. Uh, so this was, yeah, so this was in, uh, let's see, I'm just looking it up right now. This movie is 1974. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel like this this was one of the first ones. This was definitely yeah. pred predates any of the slasher stuff. Like, this predates Nightmare on Elm Street. This mm -hmm. predates uh, Friday the 13th. This predates mm -hmm. a lot of them. Yeah. It arguably is the very first slasher. I, I think it is this movie that actually defined, recreated the idea of like the of the horror genre of the slasher because it, it you know it, essentially because it's it's focused on the horror aspect, but you know the murders and you know uh, you know things like that where it's not like a th it's not like a psychological thriller well, like Psycho or anything well, that, like well, that. Well, was a big year. It would be between this and Black Christmas, which also came out this year, and Black Christmas. Yeah. Would be first movie to really interest that idea of like that that i think that movie is also credited a lot as beginning the final girl trend of it being like a house full of chicks it's also like the first one where it's sort of like the call is coming from inside the house all i mean the babysitter mm. which was an earlier film but you know it, it really that's the one that gets a lot of credit for for being the beginning of the slasher genre i guess i don't mm -hmm. know why like texas chainsaw massacre isn't considered higher on that list because they came out apparently the same around the same time but they yeah. came out the same year i think yeah they came out the same year Mm -hmm. It's uh, maybe it came out like a. The the point is though overall yeah. is that there is one girl at the very end and she is like the survivor. Um, she's also compared to an angel. At, you know, towards the beginning of the film when she goes to like her grandpa's you know tombstone kind of thing, and there's like a handful of comments talking about how beautiful and bright and golden her hair is. Mm -hmm. You know, and she, the sun is like shining down on her. It looks quite lovely. That's not her, but that's the other girl. Um, but. 
Um, but, you know, something that kind of I, th I think was kind of interesting is that, like you said, this didn't really so much introduce the, the concept of the final girl. But the entire time in this movie, she's constantly and she is constantly I, I don't want to say on the run, you know, because she obviously is on the run towards later on. But at the beginning, she's she's never feels like she's a character at ease if that makes sense. She's oh, yeah. like constantly like she's, she's always looking for someone. She's all, she's has a, she's, I don't want to say she's fighting with her brother or cousin or whatever, but she's, she has like a, she's kind of teasing him and, you know, a bunch of points. So she's never, she's never like chill. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, can I tell you a fun fact? Please. Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out the same day. <gasps> what October so 11th, weird. 1974. That's that's really creepy. Like, ooh, like that's really weird. It came out the exact same day, uh, and it did a, it's it's significantly better than Black Christmas upon initial release. I think yeah. so. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, a lot of people had issues with this violence because this is this is also mm -hmm. one of the goriest I think films that we had up until this mm -hmm. point. Uh, the final girl stuff is uh, really interesting because. What this movie does, I think, a lot better than a lot of even more recent versions of the slasher trope are dispatch of everyone else kind of immediately. So you're only left with her. Yes. Uh, you know, it kind of is just like everyone else is sort of dis indis like dispensable and they're immediately dispensed with. Like, it's mm -hmm. not like let's take some time to focus on who these people are, their relationship. It's like, no, everyone else is gone. It's just her. And we're just focusing on her fear, her panic. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the arguments against final girl movies is that it's voyeuristic mm -hmm. and it's fetishizing the idea of women, uh, you know, in extreme levels of distress, which is pretty, you know, mm -hmm. as, a, as a woman, like it's pretty hard to watch these movies because mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, it'll be 20 minutes of somebody just like this woman just screaming while being attacked by these, you know, men, these predatory Terrible. men. Like, this is not fun for me. Like, I'm not having a fun time. Yeah, it's, situation. I have been, I have been told by women that have been in very, um, with a, with women that have had PTSD uh, through uh, you know abusive relationships and you know uh, you know victims of you know of assault, they have mentioned that they actually find horror movies very therapeutic. And I, I was like, I'm really curious about that. I'm like, why would you want to rewatch? If anything, shouldn't you be like X nay on the horror movie? You know? <laughs> and yeah. they said it's actually very therapeutic because a lot of these horror movies, they really not only dive into, they really, they not only take advantage of that idea, but you're also, the purpose of the movie is that a lot of horror movies is that you're because you're focused on there's so much focus on the final girl essentially it kind of forces the audience to not only um like sympathize or empathize for the character for her but you are ex you have no other choice but to over, like over sympathize for her character and considering her situation like uh, mm -hmm. otherwise otherwise a lot of uh, maybe some men might not really care about you know the female characters unless it was a female in such an extreme situation um but they've also mentioned you know at the very end you know especially a lot of horror movies like the descent and everything it's very symbolic about women coming through a lot of these situations whether it be ptsd you know cutting through horrible issues with abuse or or um or uh, sexual assault you know i spit on your grave and fi finding a way to like re um, retrieve your strength and survive essentially and pull yourself mm -hmm. together um where you 
figure out a way to survive and also beat the system essentially. And yeah. so in that way that they've kind of told me that's why they, they actually, they, they like to watch these movies because they find it so therapeutic. Yeah. Seeing I mean, other women survive in these situations. It's really, it's really good to hear that. It's like a very good, like reclaiming because I, you know, these movies mm -hmm. were not made, like, I'll just be honest. I love Wes Craven. I love uh, Toby Hooper. I love all these guys, but these movies, these guys didn't make movies to be like, Hey, let's talk about the feminist agenda about women uh, surviving and thriving. It's very much yeah. like the line from Cabin in the Woods or like the plot plot point in Cabin in the Woods where it's like, it doesn't matter if the final girl dies or lives, she just has to suffer. And that's basically yeah. what the concept has always been in, in slasher movies is the mm -hmm. final girl can live, she can survive and, and win, or she can like die. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that she has to suffer and she has to suffer for like the second half of the movie and it has to just be her. And it's, it's always, and, you know, like very like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you know, never took her top off until trading places, but a lot of them, you know, were sexualized and were, was over the, it was mm -hmm. over the top, like boobs. And, you know, it was this gr gratuitous is the word I'm looking for. It's always been this sort of mm -hmm. gratuitous linkage between sexuality and, and, and survival, uh, survival. Yeah. Or, yeah. or death, there you know. Yeah, well, I mean, there's this idea. I mean, like, it's even mentioned in Scream, even so that, you know, you can't survive a horror movie if you have had sex. So avoid sex at, at, at all costs. You know, there's a reason why in a lot of horror movies, you know, the, the quote unquote virgins are the ones that survive. And it's even like you said, it's mentioned in A Cabin in the Woods. Um, you know, this movie in particular, because it's really not only interesting because of, you know, the the whole idea of the final girl. She's like, she's like, she's constantly trying to run and just leave and figure this out. Um, you know, but thing is, and you know, even like the simulated rape scene, um, which I thought was like really weird. Um, mm -hmm. but Wait, it, it is, yeah. Um, well, thing is I read it as a, as a potential rape scene essentially. Um, okay. So, Okay, so she runs away to the gas station, right? And she's like, oh my gosh, help me. And the guy is like, yeah, there and things. He starts hitting her with a broom, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're you so you're seeing you're seeing it. So the camera is like from behind. So you're from his you're from you're watching it from his point of view. So it kind of swaps from her point of view to his point of view, right? Um, but at the end, it focuses on his point of view where he's hitting her with a broom and you're kind of staying up top. Meanwhile, you see him getting lower and lower on top of her, hitting her. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's trying very, to claw away and he's like hitting cool. her with a, with a slightly phallic thing. You know, it, yeah, it's, 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 I, it's definitely not, it's, it's not funny. a technical rape scene, but, and he kind of crouches around her and it felt very similar to like how rape scenes are shown. Thing is, this movie yeah. tried to be a PG movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it tried to be a PG movie because you know it's it's more it's going to be shown more in theaters, things like that. Because PG the the PG thirteen rating wasn't around. You know, right. Jaws was rated PG. Um, you know, and so they try to make it. Thing is, they actually initially filmed a rape scene. But they no. cut it out. They did. No, they they said they did. And so, and I looked at them, I was like, really? And then I was like, oh, said that's how they figured it out. And so they they cut it. And then so I, I wonder if they might have filled that in its place um, as a result. And I mean, they I, ended I, because of the tone like, of the movie, they still made it an R, but still I, I think I think the thing about this movie, uh, about that one scene that's so disturbing and is such a disruption and works in a way that like mm -hmm. a, a rape scene would, I'm really glad they cut this out, is that the jarring yeah. disconnect between some friendly guy that or a figure that you're going to for help who immediately then like this friendly face who then turns on you and starts 
hurting you and starts like, you know, he, he's jabbing at her. He keeps her in the truck and he keeps saying these disconnected things. Like, you're going to be okay. Like, we'll get you through this. You'll like survive. Like he keeps saying, just be quiet now. Like everything's going to be okay now. And then he'll like jab her like maniacally with this broom while she's like stuck in a bag and start like giggling. And it's so horrifying. And it's so creepy to hear somebody be like, it's okay. Like, we're going to take care of you. Like everything's going to be okay. While like doing this incredibly insane, yeah. you know, and then like, you know, doing this really intense, like mouth screwed up intensely intense kind of violence. Uh, while here and hearing her scream, it's sort of like, I can't imagine the kind of people that this would titillate. A lot of people like, you know, that's the argument is like why these movies should mm -hmm. come out is like, cause people get off on it. And it's like, I can't imagine that really being the reaction to seeing this kind of horrible, uh, you know, violation occur, but Jesus, I yeah, I like, I read that scene right away as like a, as a, as a potential rape scene. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until later I was talking with a friend of mine and he's like, and he, he, it didn't even occur to him. And I don't know if it's something that I, I would only catch on as like a woman um, but I mean, like to me, it was like glaringly obvious. Um, mm -hmm. But there's like, but I feel like I, I think that happens a lot in like a lot of old movies, like the, the like the pseudo gang rape scene in West Side Story. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, yeah, I, I do kind of want to. Also, it's the introduction where the concept of cannibals mm -hmm. in the movie, because you you see them killing people and everything up until then. But it wasn't until you see that little close up of the barbecue situation, mm -hmm. and you see yeah. like a torso, you see a few limbs, you see a you see a boob, mm -hmm. <laughs> and and you're and you suddenly you're connecting the dots, and yeah. it's so shame, it's real scary. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of you remember for a split second, hey, they offered you he offered you, this guy offered you barbecue at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point you're you're you know, at for her, she's connecting the dots as well. But at the same time, she is frantic. She's freaking out. She is like bloody and everything. Um, and so she's not this bloody yet, but she is like yeah, freaking out, obviously. This is like a carry ending. Yeah. She's she's like over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like it's it, it's pretty, it's, it's definitely one of those, it's the big transition moment for her character. Yeah, I would say this is uh, what me and Lon would call a real Baskin movie, uh, which is a, a term for horror movies that involve somebody eating tainted meat and it turns out to be human. Uh, no, it's a term for a lot of things, but Baskin being a Turkish horror film that is incredibly disturbing, I would not recommend it for you, Alex. Uh, it's a recent film, but uh, yeah, I think that... Uh, I think there's a lot there. There's a lot here too about like, as much as I like to hate on the audio quality of this film, there's so much that they do that Toby Hooper does cinemat like cinematically, just in the framing of the shots, the colors that yeah. he uses, the way that there are certain like directions that he gives that makes the movie so much creepier than it would normally be. Like mm -hmm. uh, the first scene where the guy's like walking into the home, like when it's still everyone's still alive and he walks into this house and you see there's an open there's like a normal house, like a normal foyer. And then there's like a meat locker, like shoot entrance almost. And you can see some stuff dangling. You can see some bones and stuff dangling. And he goes like, hello, who's there? There's some rustling. And then he does what is effectively the weirdest move in a horror movie ever, which is he then starts running full speed towards the door, like toward into the house, towards the metal chute, trips and like, falls into the room while let it, and then Leatherface comes out and bonks him on the head. And I've read before that that is mm -hmm. one of like the like, craziest like shots in a horror movie because like the idea of like seeing something like that, this is before there was all the that scream meta horror of being like, don't go up there. Or like, you know, why would you do that? Or don't have sex, there weren't rules yet like that. Mm -hmm. But the idea is still that you would go into someone else's house, 
see some bones in like a very scary secret paneled room and go time to like run towards it. Like that's just such a creepy move. And it adds to such a sense of like, don't do that. Like you want to scream at him. Like, don't like, don't, like maybe don't do that. Uh, yeah. Last night, Eric was Eric was like Nurkonic was like maybe it's because they needed to get him enough momentum so he's running so he can trip and fall. I think the fall mm -hmm. might have been uh, unplanned. I can't remember if that was true. If the, the fall itself was unplanned or if that was part of it. People fall a lot in this movie. This is also like one of those everyone's constantly like the klutziest protagonist or villain that you could possibly find yeah. falling downstairs. They're just just jump she's jumping out of windows like constantly i caught, I caught her two or three just like straight through like the sheet glass window jumps from her it's pretty amazing it it's really yeah absolutely the the sheer athleticism uh you know behind a lot of the between of horror movie characters it's it's nuts <laughs> um you know un under complete uh being being in situation, you know, those uh, definitely give a lot of motivation to run as fast as you can for as far yeah. as you can. Um, and and, you know, and, and yeah, and away from danger, you know, but also it's kind of funny you say that because I actually, when I saw that scene, I actually laughed. Really? That's funny. <laughs> I like actively, I like, I actually laughed like, ha ha, idiot. Wait, and I understand. I, 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 no, yeah, I understand. It's like now. It's now. If it was shown in a movie, it would be like really meta. It would be obvious and everything. But watching this for like in a movie that where it doesn't have that, I'm like fucking idiot. Um, I also like watching this movie. I get I get very frustrated with a lot of the main characters. Because I, my first thought was, I, like, I grew up on, I, I grew up on military bases my entire life, and the this whole idea of crossing property is complete without permission, completely annoys me. I'm like, yeah. no, it's not your property. You don't cross it. Why the, why the heck would you cross it? It says private. You don't go in. Yeah. You just don't. You don't go into someone else's house. What you just argue, don't. What could argue that this environment <laughs> that these kids haven't pulled like a don't breathe and decided to like yeah. break in other it's, people's homes. It, exactly. So that's like, so when I hear that, I'm just like annoyed because they're just like going through the car, cars and sure they're having a hard time trying to find a friend. But even if I had a hard time trying to find my friend, it would never occur to me to be like going to someone else's house and be like, and be like, yo, is my pr person here? I would, no. Like no. Hi, Trevor. Hi, Trevor. I'm not sure Trevor's has watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and if not, uh, go to bed. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but no, this movie is this movie definitely has that thing uh, too. Where I constantly, when I was growing up or uh, in this movie, I assumed that the guy in the wheelchair, because he mentions that his dad or his uncle uh, maybe had owned the slaughterhouse. And so yeah. uh, I think they're going to the property of it's his property or like the one of the places is, I think, the, the guy in the wheelchairs family property. And it just borders on the Leatherface family property. So like one of the places mm -hmm. is theirs. They're like, you know, because it's like how they're talking in the beginning about the desecration of the bodies, like the somebody's been dragging, like dragging up bodies and like doing all the stuff. And we later find out it's the, the very clearly James Franco looking kid. Can we just say that about the hitchhiker? Dude is just I, James Franco meets Adam Driver. It's the weirdest freaking look it, am i actually you're totally right when i first saw him i was like it could be could he be like low-key related to adam driver <laughs> yeah they, they both yeah. have very similar looks with like with the hair the you know the larger nose it has like a very it's a very specific look um yeah. you know which is kind of interesting you know uh but speaking of which with when it comes to iconic aesthetics yeah that's mm -hmm. him yeah he's a you know the kind of 
Oh, like the really big smile, everything. Yes. And that's yeah. totally looks to me like Adam Driver. You know, you um, but, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, watching back. this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, watching this movie um, and also with the sequels as well and everything, it, it doesn't occur to me that Leatherface is the villain. To me, no, Leatherface is not the villain. Not. He's really he's, not, he's not. Really the most um, member of that family. He's also, if you yeah. notice, because a lot of times he's dressed in 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 drag. Like he's he has on the he's the he's the one who has to cook and clean. There's no there's no female uh, member of this family that we see in the original movie. Uh, but we see Leatherface at the end doing the cooking, wearing an apron, and with makeup smeared on his face uh, on his leather. Yeah, face. it's. it's he, his his uh his woman's mask he he it's called uh, it's referenced as like his lady mask or or girl mask or something like that yeah, uh, once or twice in the movie part. yeah that, it, yeah it was like referenced as that um but it's and it's also referenced in the sequels as well the Toby Hooper a Hopper uh, sequels and. <laughs> It, it's really it was kind of interesting to me because you know to when I even seeing it for the first time it's very clear to me he's uh, and it's even it was like reaffirmed several times throughout the movie that he is a he's a person that with um, uh, mental some a person with mental disabilities mm -hmm. and he's well for one thing he does he has a, he he doesn't say anything he communicates however he doesn't actually yeah. speak. Um, yeah. Or he has a hard time speaking, and uh, like the way he kind of goes about things, he doesn't do anything without direction. Everything he does is reactionary, you know. Yeah. So he's not—he's not killing people just to kill people. He's, he's not killing he's not someone walking. because you're—you're uh, yeah, you're breaking into his property, mm -hmm. and you're in the state of Texas. <laughs> what do you think oh, is going to happen? Enough. I don't want to talk about that, but yeah, he, actually, no. Wait, what do you think is going to happen when we were watching the movie? I was like, well, this is very like. This is very relevant. I'm like, he's basically doing one of those hold your pro like hold your ground, stand your ground laws. Yeah. Like where it's like this, he's not using a gun, but you broke into his house. No. So he has the right to kill you by Texas. This is, law. Like I would I would be curious to see like the people from the purge go up yeah. against this family. <laughs> Let's see what that would be like. One's bra actively breaking entering only to be to only discover it's the cannibal family. I mean, that would, that's, that's <laughs> that the scenario of like, yeah, right. The, yeah. Predator becomes, the prey becomes the predator. I mean, I think what's really interesting too, I mean, it's not really, again, addressed in this movie. It's mm -hmm. kind of built out over the subsequent, uh, the Dennis yeah. Hopper ones and in 3D and stuff. But it's like, yeah, this is, they're not in a, they're not in a great part of the country. They're in a, I mean, they're in a pretty deliverancey kind of area where like, Ju like justice is is not something mm -hmm. you do through the courts justice is something you take into your own hands and so by that logic yeah this family has a right to be on their property and they have a right to shoot like to, to murder and kill uh mm -hmm. any trespassers because how do they know those kids aren't coming to like take away their stuff or, you know and yeah. by that logic i guess the police have the uh you know they have the right to come and burn your house down because they think you're like redneck incest uh weirdo families yeah, I, I well, that's the thing. I have family in Texas, and and I say I, you know, um, you know, and thing is, I, I, you know, I live in Ferguson and in Missouri, uh, very close to within St. Louis, and I, I'm a gun owner. And thing is, if someone's coming into my house, whoa, what kind? You know, uh, I have a seven millimeter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, cool. I think I'm, 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 I'm literally no judgment. But, anyway, but um, yeah, cool. But you know, teach their own. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, the thing is, and I, I know how to shoot and everything. Anyway, but thing is, if you're coming into my private property without knocking, without any kind of encouragement on my, my behalf, I have totally every right to do that as a form of protection, as precautionary. Absolutely. You can be suspected, what's, whatever's going on around you, you know, based off like my skulls and everything, you know, and all that. that that's absolutely justified you to be completely suspect, but you like, can't come into my house. house. Yeah. Yeah, you can't come into my house unless you see me actively doing something bad. Um, and they didn't. Um, so uh, yeah. um, that makes it really iffy. But it, it's kind of weird how the big the big takeaway from this movie isn't, uh, you know, you see it on the covers and everything. You don't really hear, you hear about like the, you know, the cannibalist, the cannibalistic families and things like that. But the big, yeah. Have, yeah, absolutely. But the big takeaway of the movie is the absolute fear-mongering Leatherface. He is considered the villain, the true villain of this movie. And I don't really understand why, because he is clearly a person with mental disabilities. And I looked it up and the and actually the actor that portrayed him, I can't remember his name, it's something Gunner. He he said he actually studied people with mental disabilities for oh, this God. character. He's for oh, this it, character. And so when I see this, I'm like, what kind of, what is, is this the commentary of this movie? Like the reason why he is doing this behavior is because of this? I think it's, no, I think it's very, it's a, it's a pretty, first of all, there's several things. One is that this character Mm -hmm. is uh, based on, and this is like something that Toby Uber confirmed. It's very loosely, very loosely based on Ed Gein, uh, who was a serial killer back in the uh, 40s or I think like 30s or 40s. Uh, He's also, yeah, so he was, but you know who else was based on Ed Gein? Hannibal Lecter. Norman Bates. Yeah, you know who else was based on Ed Gein? Buffalo Bill. Like, there are so many Mm -hmm. things in horror movies that are based off of Ed Gein, and that's only to say that Ed Gein was this person in American culture. He he only killed, like, a couple women, but what he did that was so gruesome and, like, you know, made everything stand out like Back Mm -hmm. the Ripper was that he dug up bodies, he ate people, and he turned, like, their their skin, mostly women, into, like, lampshades, into, like, he he made stuff into, like, tax dermy like you see in this movie uh he was also though like unlike Hannibal Lecter and like uh a couple of these other you know people that we attribute to being game like he was he was pretty mentally slow like he was not a he was not a quick on the uptake person he was very close with his mother yeah. whose who, murder he was expected, he, he was uh suspected of. he he well his character in a he specifically he yeah he was never described as someone he was like particularly smart or anything he was educated he also um he was emotionally and physically abused by his family um so and he was also isolated quite a bit (laughs) um you know by his family uh, who like rained you know the bible on him um uh, real quick, I, I, think- I want to mention, uh, apparently this, I've been hearing like what I thought was gunshots going off for the last five minutes, freaking out, like internally being like, it's okay, Drew. It does seem like in the comments, it is because uh, the Dodgers won the World Series. Is that what just happened? Is that what just oh. happened? Because there's just tons of fireworks and stuff. Just like, like everyone here who's like in the LA area is like hearing it right now. There's just tons of like fireworks going off right now. Uh, crazy. But good job, Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Dodgers. No, good for them. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's just kind of a. The thing is, it's kind of an interesting commentary. Like, um, that's the thing is. Also, I feel very conflicted as well because I was reading up, and like I said, the the actor that portrayed Leatherface, you know, um, because uh, you know, there's a point where, yeah, with the makeup and everything, uh, where he is. 
you know, does have mental disabilities. Is that a commentary on, and also he's been, he has been such brainwashed, manipulated by his family with no outside connections, yeah. you know, as well, that he, you know, that he became this way and his, and what he's doing in his mind, he is protecting his family and he is killing people because that's what he, this his family kind of told him to do. So I don't like when I see his character, when I, when I see his character, I don't think he's a villain at all. You know, if anything, his, his dad and br older brother, they're the real villains of the movie. However, they don't have like the same Aesthetic, villainous aesthetic that he has and and that's what kind of bothers me a little bit but not only that he is like based off of person with disability but also he was not inspired but literally the actor portrayed him he he like he based the physicality the way he moved the way he spoke based off his people with disabilities as well and so that kind of bothers me a little bit i also know apparently i have been told uh not but scratch that i've not been told but i read uh that uh, the actor also was um, the the actor that played him. Also, a lot of people that uh, a lot of people that have disabilities have told him in particular they loved his portrayal of uh, you know the disabilities on the big screen in that way. Really? So I was like, oh yeah. So I was I read that and I was like, really? What? Uh, well, I guess maybe because it doesn't seem like it's a specific, you know, type of disability. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the movie, uh, like the, the early, the very early movie Freaks that was like, you know, like mm -hmm. it, 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 the horror isn't that he's mentally handicapped or physically handicapped in any way. It, the horror is this weird family unit and, and the, the mm -hmm. sort of sense that something is very, very wrong here. Even the way they interact with each other, there's something like yes. very wrong with it. Like the way that they're, they're, they're okay one second. And then the next second they're like beating up on each other. And the, the, the dad mm -hmm. or like the, the guy who runs this, the, the gas station is like, like giggling one second. And then like, Oh, I can't stand blood. Like I can't stand the violence. Like I'm just have to go to the kitchen. Like the next second mm -hmm. you're like, these people don't live by a coherent logic. Like, and yes. that's terrifying. These people don't live by the same rules or like not even societal systems. You get a sense that these people are truly insane in the sense of the word of like, mm -hmm. they can maybe function like very low functioning, like on a, on like a human scale, because as you see in the opening scene with the James Franco mm -hmm. character, he cannot act normal. Like he cannot, he also comes off as very handicapped in a certain way. Like you mm -hmm. don't know what's wrong with him, but he clearly is not all mentally there and he's clearly not. Yeah. All right, you know, he's, Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a, you know, it's a situation where they weren't, they were made into these, uh, you know, these psychotic cannibals, you know, they weren't born that way, you know, clearly. Um, but also it's like, it's mentioned, it's been kind of mentioned, it's kind of uh, suggested in the movie that there are products in, of incest in the sequel. Right. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's actually mentioned, it's, it's kind of in the sequel in the second one with uh, Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah, uh, it's kind of, uh, there is a, a, like a simulated sex scene, you know, essentially Ooh. with this chainsaw where he's like, yeah, <laughs> with this chainsaw. And he's getting closer and closer to to a girl's like vagina. Wow. <laughs> with, with wow. the chainsaw. Um, meanwhile, when they're in a record store and she's like, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and wow. he's like getting closer and closer with the chainsaw. So I'm like, I know what you're doing. What happened? I don't like it, but I see what you're doing. What happened? First of all, oh, and she, she well she was like uh she was going along with it she like like uh out of straight fear and she was like yeah this is good 
Yeah, out <laughs> of complete fear. That's how she's reacting. And he ended up he ended he decides that he does he doesn't kill her. And this is like the, oh. this is like not even halfway in the movie. But he ends up deciding because of that reaction, she just he decides uh, not to kill her. And so it because and also and he decides to like walk away. And wow, also she yeah, and it, he also like references she talk she goes to him actually yeah. in the sequel towards the very end of oh. trying to find uh trying to find him essentially so it's kind of a weird thing he sees her and he tries to give her a mask he, oh, he, so gives her, he, he gives her a mask to put on and it's almost like a weird funny moment where he's trying to bond bond with her yeah. uh first of all thank you Ferris, for your donation that's also very sweet thank you ferris uh uh yeah i think leatherface stands out to me as such a like interesting and the more I the more I see this, and especially not to keep circling back to this Alexander Daria movie, but it's so much better, guys. I can't recommend it highly enough. I feel like it's so much oh, better right. than even the original oh, film, yeah. but uh, it, it makes him into such an interesting slasher figure because he is not mm. all bad, and I think that that's what we're getting from like the canon is that he mm. not not maybe not all bad, but he unlike Jason, who just is a predatory kill instinct, and unlike Freddy Krueger, who is yeah. an active sadist, he like uh, Leatherface is somebody who can pick and choose and. And, and has like a, a like not a heart but like a compass mm -hmm. that can be you know can be swayed has a moral system. yeah mm -hmm. he, he can be sympathized with or like he can sympathize with you he can sympathize with family mm -hmm. uh when he sees that uh somebody's his cousin he like immediately like takes you know saves them he it seems like he as long as you don't run away from them like and scream mm -hmm. like you know at him like he he might yeah. actually have some tenderness towards you it's a really interesting mm -hmm. concept because right? i think that's that's speaking to probably more of a, a vision of how people thought of crazy incestual mentally handicapped you know like oh they, these people um, oh wow whoa ferris thank you my man thank you for that huge donation ferris fucking awesome ferris by the way who debates uh compared me to uh, doll got that straight win by the way but then i had nightmares about annabelle that entire night like i had the weirdest dreams about annabelle <laughs> yeah, uh, he performed amazing on Schmobates. He sweeps the entire thing, winning all three debates. I was like, wham, bam, get if it. We can harness uh, Ferris's like energy, his his intense like his intense energy for for arguing everything. I feel like it could be like the best new segment for like something that in the video Drew universe is just Ferris just like yelling his opinion about like hamburgers versus hot dogs. I would love to hear it. Like just anything. I, I would say I, I kind of want to hear Justin Hamilton go up against Ferris on a schmobe. That'd be funny. Oh my god! But just like, <laughs> like really insane topics, like who's better, Freddy versus Jason, and just have them just screaming at each other. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, like it would have to be complete lunacy in that wow. match. Oh, well, I mean, okay. So, well, something that's kind of interesting about the sequels, because like I said, the the, the Toby Hopper uh, sequels, Hooper Hopper, Tomato Hooper. Tomato sequels, is that it's, th there is this like real, it's it's more, it plays more on the, the horror comedy elements. There's a, there's a lot of neon colors everywhere. It kind of reminds me of like Gotham City, like from the 90s, Batman, Jill Schumacher movies. Um, it's like weird, the colors, it, like there's a huge layer on May Labyrinth situation underground that the, the family made. It kind of takes, there's a chill cook off where they're in a city it's really really funky um <laughs> there's like bright lights everywhere it's really funky there's just casually like skeletons hanging out everywhere um 
but it's really really funny also like a woman at the very end she pretty much does like a striptease dance holding a chainsaw and she like finds her power and her a lot of her resiliency and everything by wielding and taking hold of this chainsaw it's a really empowering moment for her like imagery yeah 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 it's like it's taking back that power which i really really appreciate especially coming from that uh you know uh that scene earlier in the movie that kind of mentioned but yeah well that's that's like thing is uh that's like one timeline you know sequel timeline uh to the original 73 texas chainsaw massacre the 2013 one texas chainsaw 3d however it's like it's like an alternate timeline with a completely different situation there is no cannibalistic family it's just him that has a has a history for killing people and you know he he's like also they're also from a wealthy family as well not like a poor not like a poor uh, you know, country. I believe, I believe what it is is that the, the the sheriff had burned down the house where uh, the original cannibal. So the events of the first film took yeah. place as they did. Uh, what happened was the woman. Uh, there's there was a sister involved that yeah. was there. I think mm-hmm. maybe they even maybe it's uh, that's even part of the second that's one. The wife. She has a kid, uh, and what she does is she marries into wealth, and then she's taking care of Leatherface her entire life. So he's living in the basement. So she's wealthy. Her oh. Family was poor. Uh, and they built the house on the remains of where they burned the prior house down. I think that's I think that's right. It's mm-hmm. a little confusing in the movie. Uh, so her daughter it becomes the uh, mother of uh, Daddario's character. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that, I think that's the correct chronological. Uh, yeah, I mean that sounds that sounds that sounds about right, uh, you know. But there is this relationship between Leatherface and the family where it's yeah, you know it, it's not as. I mean, like where it's arguably not as poisonous, uh, where it's, she isn't cannibalistic, you know, she's not slowly bringing victims over for him to kill and everything where Leatherface, he has like, he has like this revenge list essentially where people he wants to kill uh, for as to, as revenge against, you know, people that, that destroyed his home, people that killed his, all of his family, his brothers, his parents and everything that were protecting themselves, you know, and the, and, and they were outsiders and they were outsiders. As well. They were outsiders. Exactly. Well, that's, that's another thing too. The idea of kin and the idea of like tribalism and the idea of like, yeah, mm. who's outsiders and who's, and who's like in the, in the tribe. I, mean, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D also brings up an interesting thing, which is the first person who dies in that movie is a hitchhiker. Nice little echo to the original is a hitchhiker that they pick up who then proceeds mm-hmm. to like convince them to all leave the house and like go get supplies while he, uh, goes and robs the entire place and Leatherface comes across him and just like, is like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you doing, man? Like, there's another guy just breaking mm-hmm. into his property and stealing his stuff. Like, yeah, yeah still Texas. He still has the right to like chainsaw him. Like, imagine if it was a gun yeah. and not a chainsaw, it would be legal. That's the weirdest thing about these movies. <laughs> well, the thing, I mean, there's nothing illegal about owning a chainsaw. It's just about how you go about it. <laughs> you know, technically. Power to people afterwards. And, you know, yeah. that, that's a little bit more of a problem. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just kind of, it's, we were so confused. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Something that's kind of interesting that we haven't really touched on is that there is this slightly supernatural element to the movie. And that oh, is no, with, no. specifically with, the grandfather 
Yes. What is going? Is he wearing a mask or is that his skin? Uh, I, thing is, he's moving on his own. He he's blinking and stuff. He is in theory alive, even I though he's wearing he a mask. Though I think it, his skin it looks like that, but I think it's a mask of somebody else's skin. Just like he, the Leatherface is wearing a mask, because like that thing is a desiccated husk. That's not a person. Yeah. In fact, we know that that doesn't look like a person because earlier in the mm -hmm. film, uh, somebody goes up to that it, room and they see him yeah. and they see a woman who's like a like a half embodied skeleton, which is the corpse that was uh, dug yes, up yes, by the, yeah, the wife. I, the mom, I think that was probably like the mom. Person. Yeah, dug up by mm -hmm. uh, James Franco uh, character. Um, but we see, we assume that these are just two dead bodies. Like, cause yes. the, the guy is just a husk. It was like, just like, actually like a- He's like waxy. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, he's completely white. You yeah. know, he's dressed in a suit. Like the hair is gone. He's not moving at all. And then he's like brought into the living room to like bash in her head as like oh, for God. one last go. And, and it's a reference to earlier in the movie, earlier in the movie where he says uh, that, you know, oh, my, my grandpa, he used to work there, you know, in the good old days where they used to just like bash him bash their heads in yeah, instead of like, like a law thing going on where they're just like uh you know it's, it's got to be killed a certain way and it's mm -hmm. it's so it's such a creepy scene though when you know they have her bent over a tub and they're getting the grandpa and they're taking his hand leatherface is helping you know and he's mm -hmm. taking his hand his grandfather's hand that's shaking he's trying to get the grandfather to bash her head in but like mm -hmm. it, it, it's really reminiscent keeps of these flipping moments. out it's flipping out it's almost reminiscent it becomes this almost like weirdly tender not tender but you become the sympathetic moment who hasn't had like a grandparent who is near like the end of their life, who's, who's failing mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and you have to keep helping them do a task or put something mm -hmm. back in their hand. But it's like this weird moment because they're like being like, no, grandpa, like bash your brains in, you know, like how you like to bash things brains in. But it is, it is this weirdly t tender or like human moment in an otherwise mm -hmm. horrific scene. And I think that like ends up heightening the horror of it because it is just sort of it, like, what are they doing? Like, what is, is this a real family? It, like, what is this? <laughs> it's, yeah, absolutely. It, it's really, it's really funky as well because, you know, as you kind of see Leatherface like, oh, here, he having this moment, like he's not speaking obviously, but he's pretty much going, here you go, grandpa, you're whatever. And he does that like six times. Meanwhile, he, it, it just keeps slipping out of his hands or he just misses or yeah. whatever it may be, or he's like, barely tapping her on the head. And so it just, the moment gets prolonged. And so yeah. her fear in part specifically, it just becomes heightened where it's just like, it's, 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 a, it's, it's keep going, you know, it's never yeah. ending. It's just well, so one terrifying. Argue, one could argue though, that like while her fear is heightening, it's also what gives her the ability and the clarity of mind to get the hell out. Cause eventually she just like twists yeah. out. of it. It's not like she's under some such devious, like she's not in a saw trap. It's just some dude yeah. holding her down and they're just keeps and they're distracted trying to get the dad to like, you know, they assume that she's like cattle. Like she's a bent, she's mm -hmm. essentially like as you know, she's just livestock to them. So they're not paying that much attention to her. So she just like slips out and again just dives through a plate glass window. And like in another part of this movie that is just absolutely uh I wanna say gorgeous cinematically, because it's not quite gorgeous, but it's so yeah, interesting and like uh, a surreal is that she bunches yeah. out this plate glass window and we're delivered into what? Daytime. It's morning. She survived the night. But you're not mm -hmm. expecting that because it's just one of these movies where it just seems to be endless night. It's just horror after it's, horror. So when she breaks out through the window, we think it's they're eating dinner, right? So she breaks out through the window and suddenly it's morning. Like that's the craziest thing. They must be like yeah. eaters like me. Uh, but you know, like it's it's this really funny moment. They are also kind of putting her in this weird mom role where they have her sort of at the head of the table before they plan on killing her. It's almost like they 
they want her to be, they're like the little boss boys and they want like Wendy to play the mommy. Like it's this mm -hmm. very weird thing. So she like escapes out of the windows. And then like that final sequence is one of my favorite, 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 favorite horror movie, like, uh, like sequences of all time, just because it's so, mm -hmm. it's so realistic, not realistic. Terrifying. It's, really, it's terrifying, but it's also like something you could imagine seeing happen in real life the way that you you watch yeah. stuff on Twitter and you're like oh no someone got like you know someone got hurt at a protest and here's the video you can imagine I, yeah. this totally bonkers video of this guy chasing a girl a car like hitting him that car stopping then like this other guy coming out to chase the person in the car them getting out running around like like you know like it's this whole like it's a whole sequence of events that doesn't feel particularly planned out and since it's now in the morning it doesn't feel uh as maybe it feels as threatening but it, it feels like it gives you the sense that she, it is beatable. Like she, the brother mm -hmm. just died. So now there's just Leatherface and the people are stopping in the yeah. road. So it's not like just her horror anymore. Other people are seeing this. So it doesn't belong yes. to her. So she's like no longer the only victim. You mm -hmm. know, there, there are other men. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's there's, you know, she's impressive. It also, it, now that you say that, it definitely does remind me of like a news segment, like at, like high profile action is like you see in the news, like there's a, there's a high profile, like car chase going in mm -hmm. kind of situation. It, I almost feel like it kind of feels like that a little bit, like a different version of that where it's, it's kind of shaky, um, it, you know, and it, it kind of from that kind of point of view where, but also it's also kind of annoying because I, I see, you know, her, her going into the truck and the guy, Leatherface clearly can't get in the truck. He's doing the X's on the truck door. My thought is, why aren't you driving away? Yeah, this is really- Why well, didn't you drive away? And they thought, yeah. nah, let's not drive away in this truck that we're in. Let's just get out of the other side let's of the door. The I know Where what he can chase us and see us, like because again, I think it speaks to the, the the newness of this genre at the time. Yeah. Like this again, like we're saying, these slasher films were brand new. Just like yeah. the guy running towards uh, the meat locker, like in the back, like and tripping. This is one of those yeah. moments that if you're you're so frustrated because we know the tropes, but in reality, you don't know what your body would tell you to do in that moment. It might be like, mm -hmm. oh no, I hit a yeah. guy. You you, you stop the car because you killed a man. And then suddenly somebody else is coming with you at you with the chainsaw. Like you just might just do the first thing that comes to your mind, which might be just dip, Bolt. like get a girl out of the car. Like you don't, you don't know. Yeah. Like you might, just, yeah, exactly. And, it doesn't feel planned, and, you know. And let let's be honest. I mean, it's kind of a joke when whenever you see like see a zombie movie or anything like that. Is that or if you see like if you're running from a bear, you don't need to be the fastest runner. You just need to be the fastest person. You just need to be faster than the person next to you, <laughs> essentially. Yes. And it's now, like, at this point, she's not. Yeah, she. You don't need yeah, to she, answer yeah, the most She's running away she with. Yeah, she's yeah. running away with another person at this time. And so, what's actually kind of interesting to me is that we don't really know what happens to that guy. We just I see him running away. Yeah, he I runs in that direction, dog, and she gets into a car. Yeah, but. And I always wondered what the guy in the back of that truck uh, must have thought because they, she jumps into the back of like a flatbed truck and the truck just kind of yeah. off and the guy's like looking at her and she just starts laughing. Like she's like hit this yeah. great point where she's just like manically laughing while like yeah. flirt and bug like it, Harry, you know? It, well, the thing is, what's kind of uh, funny is that I, I like part of me wonders is that she hit this breaking point, this absolute breaking point. Yeah, Hypothetically, yeah. 
if uh, if he if the driver thing is it's it's also visually confirmed because he sees the guy in the chainsaw and the mask when he's doing and he's just he's just dancing with his chainsaw he's like he's okay. like he's like jerk yeah he's like a you know doing a little jig up there he's like okay, well, is, that you know? is that like because his brother died? i can't even tell what kind of dance that is That's whatever it is he's dancing the dude is like actively dancing it's, it's, he's like swinging it in the air he's like doing a yeah, little play yeah, he's like, yeah, he's just like moving it around. He's like doing like, he's doing like a figure eight, all that good stuff. But thing is, okay, if uh, if uh, the driver had not get a visual confirmation on on Leatherface to confirm that she is actively running away from someone, he, I can picture him, the, dri the driver thinking to himself, this woman is batshit crazy. I mean, she's you know, blood. she's covered in blood. She is, she is actively laughing. Out of fear, out of paranoia, uh, we don't know that she do something horrible. Yeah. Is she? Is, is it? Is it someone else's blood that's already covered on her, or is it her? I don't know. And so she, I could picture some, like especially in a small town, Texas, in the seventies. I, I, I can picture someone being like, "Oh yeah, let's put her in a mental institution." Well, sure, but I think I think the 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 upside is like I think especially back especially back then, but like even more so now, like or maybe less so now. Uh, if you see somebody like that, like your first instinct, I hope as a human being, would just be like, oh, somebody's covered in blood and they're fucking freaking out, and and what happened to them? Yeah. It wouldn't be to assume that they hurt anybody. It would definitely be to be like, oh no, they need help, and like let's at least get them out of this immediate area and bring them to the uh, cops. This is a little dance. Uh, this is the little dance I do every night uh, before bed. Uh, this is my little video Drew dance. I could totally see that. Just waving around my arms, mm -hmm. just like ah. He's even doing a He's even doing a pirouette. You know. He, he is. Uh, the thing is, chainsaws are heavy as hell, and he does not seem to yeah. be practicing like really good chainsaw uh, uh, safety. Like I can't even tell if he's dancing Definitely or just not. calibrating his balance after swinging a chainsaw three sixty away, like three sixty around, like a little. Like well, that one, in, well, that chainsaw in particular, that scene in particular, he didn't use a chainsaw with blades on it, so of it's course, not that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, something there is to say is that the you know, you know, like we kind of mentioned, you know, he's 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 uh, not computer communicating with language or anything. Uh, but thing is, what he he his physical presence. The guy is actively chasing you with a chainsaw. He's a big guy. He's almost seven feet tall. He's six six or six seven or something crazy like that. And calm down, Leatherface. It is seven a.m. where you are. Calm down. Potentially, what is time? It could yeah. be evening. It could it, it could be like six o'clock in the six or seven o'clock in the evening over there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no we clue. We definitely know it's um, evening. It's it's morning because the, it's the, they were having they were gonna have dinner and she survived the night. She didn't survive a whole. She didn't get knocked out for a day. Or it's how do we know it was dinner? Do we know because it's dinner? Was it mentioned it was dinner? They're not making scrambled eggs. They're making barbecue and it's nighttime. And it, they said bring grandpa down for dinner. They, yeah, oh, did they? I don't know. Yeah, they mentioned yeah. they're, they're not like making yeah. bacon. Oh. They're they're serving barbecue because it's Texas, yeah. uh, and it's seven a.m. in Texas. With with the general uh, adrenaline going on, you know, time is like non-existent. You know, yeah, I've never thought about this before, but can you imagine what it's like? What it, what this this return home is going to be like for Leatherface when he comes back without the girl and mm -hmm. with like I don't know. I don't think he can. Yeah. Talk. 
his ability to they beat him and he doesn't seem to have the ability to speak like the dad or the the other the older guy like they they beat on him and they make him dress like this and he seems to make animal noises and like you know these sad kind of grunting sounds but i don't think he has the ability to speak it almost sounds like his his mouth is sewn shut or something like he's just kind of making like he's making these weird noises uh that's gonna be a horrible moment that family yeah no absolutely that's a that's actually why it's actually that is a key conversation that's mentioned at the beginning of both alternate sequels is that because um and and the 2013 sequel it's a it's uh it's the director i can't remember his name but but he like mentioned this is like an alternate sequel this is an alternate timeline sequel where we're not acknowledging uh the the toby hopper uh Hooper sequels. You know, we're only right. talking about the first one. We're not talking about the second and third one. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, or the said. other, or the other mix. We're only, yeah, we're only talking about the first one. So this is definitely an alternate timeline. And it's mentioned at the beginning of the movie, you and where the family is like that they're here because you didn't kill her. They are after us because you couldn't kill the girl. That's oh, a whole conversation at the very beginning. Yeah, that's a whole conversation at the very beginning of the movie, you know, during the shootout with the family. But in the sequel, in the Toby uh, Hopper sequel, that's the reason why they left the small town. They end up getting an RV situation and they end up creating this huge underneath like a park or something or a, I don't even know what it is, uh, under oh, some kind of art installation or something like that. They end up creating this huge labyrinth underground. What? Um, yeah, it's you need to see it. It's so weird. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> but, it, I'm sorry? Is that the second it's a second with Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper is in it. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. Yeah, he does a lot of phallic movements with the with the with the chainsaw as well. He has two of them. Yeah, he's oh like God. he has like he has a chainsaw thing. He's going up a, 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 on his like thing. Oh, he makes it out of it. Dennis Hopper. It, it's so weird. It's so weird. But <laughs> lefty. Okay, and I'm, there's been several times this this. Well, you know what? Go ahead with your statements. My statement's a little bit off. Okay, but. But it's okay. I just want to mention at the very beginning of the movie, it's mentioned again the reason why they left that small town because the the grandfather and the sorry the brother and the dad and the grandfather snuck in there again. Pale mm-hmm. AF still. He's mentioned and he's like sucking on the thumb, all that grossness. Oh my god! Oh, so gross, so gross. He no. looks like a bottle of cheese curd of nasty. This must be from the sequels oh. or an uncut scene because you never see him in daylight and there's a reason because like wolf yeah also he's like wearing a suit and tie so he's like uh, compared to everyone else where he's where he's well, like he's actually wearing real clothes it's because you're supposed to think he's a corpse because you're supposed to think he's one of the buried corpses so of course <gasps> oh. yeah interesting I, I that's a connection that makes sense he's like but, dressed like mm-hmm. old, he just dresses like yeah grandma. Yeah, it's it, it is mentioned though in the in the second one and the third one the reason why they left their family home was because Leatherface couldn't kill the girl, so they blame him. Interesting. I mean, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I I think there is something to that. You know, like the you know this reminds me, and I'm now realizing that this my one of my favorite movies of all time, or one of my favorite franchise. What am I going to call this? Like a franchise hard left, like the a change in genre franchise was mm-hmm. the difference between Rob Zombie's uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, which was like a pretty crazy horror film that like very much took from a lot of different other horror films and was like an ode to a bunch of them. But it was about a crazy family of like, you know, 
backwoods hillbilly types, but also mm-hmm. lived in a gigantic mansion and like were turning people into carnival freak show things. The difference between that movie, which was a horror movie, and the sequel, which is Devil's Rejects, which is a very different beast entirely, because that movie is about them, that family on the run from a corrupt cop who's like chasing them down and trying to torture and kill them. And while they still are the bad guys, they are definitely like the anti-heroes of the story because they're still actively mm-hmm. trying to like kill people, like just kill people because that's in their nature. They're also the sort of Bonnie and Clyde on the run. They're on the run from the law and the law is mm-hmm. also corrupt. And they're also, they've got their, they've got their family in different States who are like uh, yeah. either sheltering them or selling them out respectively. And you're really on the side of this, roving band of like, you know, murderers for lack of a better word. Yeah. And that's not a horror movie. That's like a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a, almost like a thriller. Like it's, it's like a, it doesn't, it's, the supernatural elements of the first film are thrown yeah. out entirely. And it's just focused on this family as if they were just serial killers, uh, you know, that, that are now mm-hmm. being persecuted yeah. and hunted. Yeah, well, thing is, in the second one, it's 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 really weird because you know it's actually kind of. I wonder if it, it took a lot of the influence from these from these sequels. That that premise is because in the sequel, you know, it is a true horror comedy. I literally laughed out loud many okay. a time watching the sequels. I did. Um, but thing is, in the sequels, though, they are actively killing people very, very regularly. But also, the people that are out to get them are also the Dennis Hopper's character that is out to kill him because he is a relative of Sally and the guy in the wheelchair, because it's actually mentioned in the movie. Um, they kind of have a little reunion in the movie where he's also actively trying to kill him as well. He's 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 like a he's like a private eye or a sheriff or or something where he's working with the police, but he is also very vocally he's getting a chainsaw and he is actively trying to kill and torture them as well. So it's definitely there's there's no true hero in the movie and that girl, like I mentioned, that ended up having like almost almost simulated sex, you know, with Leatherface, essentially, who is very much a, a heterosexual male uh, as a child. He's along with his gender yeah. identity a lot. I feel like he's a male yeah, no, absolutely. with his gender identity. Yeah, but gender identity doesn't mean, is, is gender identity is different from sexuality. I he also was a daughter. Sure, I'm not sure if he identifies as a cisgendered male, but if Leatherface identifies uh, as sure. a cisgendered Sure, yeah. absolutely. That's, that's absolutely true. Yeah, um, you know, there is a, you know, you know, he does have, he, uh, sorry, um, whatever the gender is, mm-hmm. the preferred gender is, uh, they, they do have a daughter mm-hmm. and not him, sorry, not Leatherface and the woman, but Leatherface does have a daughter mm-hmm. in the third one. And that's kind of mentioned, but anyway, um, but you know, like you mentioned, like there's, there is a lot of movements where there is the, 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 the rep making it seem like it's, it's the, the, as if the, the chainsaw is like a phallic reference, you know, for Leatherface as a for sexuality. As a, as a weapon goes, like in terms of the slasher weapons, and I know mm-hmm. this is, we're, we're kind of combining this into our favorite characters and scenes and lines area because <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you straight off the bat, there is no favorite uh, line in this movie because you can't no. hear it. The only good line is no. from Texas Chainsaw Master 3D. And again, mm-hmm. it is do your thing cuz, uh, followed by throwing a chainsaw, the guy catching it like he's Bruce Campbell and uh, Army of Darkness. And just oh, going, so good. Uh, I love this weapon. Like uh, out of all mm-hmm. those, all of the slashers, all of the thing, out of Jason's machete, uh, his mom's machete out of like, you know, the, the, the whatever else people have, knives, guns, whatever. The chainsaw is like such a Baroque, like unwieldy sort of instrument, like an ice pick, I feel mm-hmm. like is a couple of movies, uh, a minor thing like is from like a, mm-hmm. you know, Valentine's Day or whatever. Uh, but you know, 
I love the chainsaw because it's it's something that has it's almost like Thor's hammer. Like you have to be of a certain thing to wield it. Even it's not a it's not yeah. a it's a cumbersome instrument. That yes. You have to like have some upper arm strength. Like you can't just grab mm -hmm. it like a gun and like shoot somebody. You have to like you have to know what you're doing. At one point, Leatherface himself like gets himself like chopped up a little bit. He he accidentally cuts himself on the leg with his own chainsaw because mm -hmm. they are fucking dangerous. Like I won't I don't want to mess with yeah. the It's also really loud, which is the loudest of yeah. the sounds. Yeah. It's really, it's actually really, really funny you say that. Um, especially it's like, it's like you said, comparing it to Thor's hammer, because I had a very similar, um, watching the, was one of the ending scenes, uh, the final scenes of, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is that the, one of the final scenes with the woman, like I said, she's like finding her power again after being tortured, uh, you know, throughout the movie, you know, is that she ends up taking a chainsaw and she gets, she ends up dancing and she's like, ah, and she has like, and oh, she awesome. ends up like defending herself. It's really great. But thing is, you know, meanwhile, she is a, uh, like uh, it's almost like a it's like it's almost like a like a worship statue. This woman, there not this woman, like a, a skeleton of a woman is actually seen holding a chainsaw, like in a throne. Essentially, their staircase. It's it's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, it's like let's say it's like part of like the it's like yeah, you have to see the movie, lady. Oh I'm my gosh! Have, I'm really, I can't believe see the movie. I, I loved it. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like on this like almost throne. It's like bathed in light. It's like surrounded by colors and everything. But anyway, but the woman she's running from uh, the older brother of Leatherface, right? Who's uh, trying to kill her, and she's like trying to claw away, and she ends up getting to this top of this tower thing where sits a skeleton with a chainsaw, and and the, and I. I think it's I, I think it's supposed to be uh their mother or wife or something because because of you know it's because he's like no don't touch her no and he's like you he's like yeah so it's kind of like there's that kind of relationship like you are not worthy essentially like you can't touch something sentimental that's mine yeah and so and she ends up she's having trouble she takes it and she takes it and she has a hard time revving it and she ends up getting it going and then he's like oh fuck yeah and she ends up and she ends up getting him back and then she starts dancing and she's like frantic and she's like ah she has this moment of complete clarity i mean and it must so like sort of the stone if you oh, realize you have the ability yeah. to build a chainsaw like my upper arm strength is shit but if i suddenly like in fear and panic was suddenly able with adrenaline to lift a chainsaw above my head and do some damage like i'd be like hell yeah Okay, this is what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> this is the first time I've, we've talked about the context of favorite character scenes and lines, and Alex has just gone on a on a on a it's, essay about one specific scene that she likes a lot. Like I like it's that. So good. <laughs> so like, good. My favorite moments of this movie are, are are truly the ones that are counterintuitive, where people just act, and and the movie just acts in a counterintuitive yeah. way than than conventional conventional logic, conventional horror, conventional common sense would work, like running towards the danger. Like, you know, it being daytime when she crashes to that window. Like, like you said, the guy like running out of his own car, like, you know, it's it mm -hmm. just, it so plays into this idea that when you are at sheer fear or panic, you don't, people mm -hmm. don't act in rational ways or even towards mm -hmm. their best interests. They act out of panic. And like, you know, it's, it's this really, and when you're in, when you're in a situation that is by its definition insane, there's no way to sanely react to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, when you're scared out of your mind, like you said, we don't always make the most rational 
thoughts. You know, we we do things based on instinct. You know, what our gut is, what our you know you know fight versus flight mentality. And you know, sometimes you know it just comes down to what is what can you do right now so you can hopefully have another having a few extra steps to get away and yeah. in her and in Sally's case in part particularly getting away that means like you know getting out of that truck and everything it's definitely one of I think it's arguably the most uh, that in the dinner scene is for sure the most iconic scenes of the entire movie yeah. um it's just so terrifying overall yes. and plus it it's I don't like to say that it's um I, I don't like to say it's it's definitely a relatable movie because you know I, it's not common. It's not relatable to survive that have this kind of experience. But something that is incredibly relatable is the absolute dread, the fear. Because um, these last handful of movies that we've had is that you know the movie might be a little horrifying, but the absolute dread that you feel because it, it's kind of it is a slasher that's kind of based in reality without these supernatural elements or anything there is that you know you know that there are serial killers out there you know yeah. there's people that torture people and yeah. you know a lot of these things so it's in theory it is based on in reality like yeah. you said these, these characters these these cannibalistic families are it's based off a real dude that had a nipple belt yeah, yeah, he did it. Wow, he did have a nipple belt, correct? Uh, oh, hey, thanks for the donation, uh, Christopher. I, I did want to say one thing real quick. Uh, it says, Before I saw Tom, my fourth grade teacher's oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I thought I said Tom, and I was like, That's cute. Uh, before I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, my fourth grade teacher's husband had his chainsaw kicked back on a the knot, a tree knot, uh, and scarred his face. My reason for being scared. Yeah, I mean, chainsaws are one of those yeah. things. That, like, I just, as a clumsy person, as a, as a Drew walking around this world, yeah. I've never been like, no, <laughs> offered me the chance to like touch his chainsaw ever. So, so these, I do want to say. Uh, uh, by the way, Lon's asking, do I have a room full of bone furniture? I, in fact, do. I love their aesthetic. Everything about like the way they decorate their home yeah. is like very on point to me. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You have a little bird cage with a little mm -hmm. bird uh, skeleton in there. That's how you do it. Like I used to do my own taxidermy. Like I, you know, it's just to the surprise of, of no one. Uh, yeah, exactly. To the surprise of no one, me and my sister took taxidermy classes and would like, you know, take out the guts and do all that. It's actually a lot of woman work. Like it's a lot of what we consider women work to do taxidermy because it's a lot of sewing. It's a lot of like scrape. It's a lot of cleaning animal like you would do for like cooking. It's a lot of like mm -hmm. small little like artsy, crafty kind of things. Yeah, it's very detail oriented. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very detail oriented. It's very crafty oriented. So it, it does kind of feel like besides the goriness of it being like a, a dead animal, like it does feel like a specifically feminine activity. I don't know. That's another thing. I will say that to my own thing, and I, I want to give this to Ferris as a thank you. I'm not sure if he's still in the chat, but as a, you know, thank you for debating uh, so well on my behalf on Schmoke Bates, but also for the donations tonight that I actually do know, in fact, how I'd react to a horror movie situation. So we've been saying that like, you know, how you, you don't know how you'd react. I do. Because when I was in, I think I've told this story, maybe not on here, but when I was in middle school, um, right before I went to high school, I was friends with a very dramatic, uh, crazy, very rich young lady named uh, Jennifer who had a big house in the middle of the forest, essentially in Elkton, Maryland, right on right on the border of Delaware and Maryland. I knew her from like summer theater camp. And she would have these big, big parties with all the rest of the theater kids. Uh, 
And she lived in a giant mansion, no oversight, no parents. It was very much like, it was like right after Scream had come out. So she would hold these giant parties. And one time she was like, guys, I think there's like a cougar in our backyard. So like we made like a little scouting expedition at night and took like one of the dogs. We were in the, we were just like in surrounded by these woods and darkness. And out of nowhere, Ghostface comes out and is like running towards us with a knife and like chases us up this giant, uh, she had this giant like two story uh, tree house. So we like, we're climbing up of it and this guy's chasing us and we were just like shaking with, we're children, whatever. Like, you know, we're just terrified. We've seen this in a movie, but we've also seen the movie that it comes from, which is Scream. So like, I, what I do is I turn around and then I get to the top of the ladder and I just kick that motherfucker right in the face and he topples down and breaks his arm. Uh, it turned out to be my friend, Doug, and she was like taping oh. it all. Jen was taping it to make it into like a little movie because children are sociopaths. Uh, Scream is a much more relatable uh, a much more realistic thing than we think about. But uh, yeah, so I know how to react in a horror movie situation. I would definitely mm -hmm. like just accidentally, like without even thinking, without thinking about like what the smart thing to do is, I just turn around and just kick that guy in the face and uh, break his arm. What? So, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, when you describe this whole thing and like rich lady in the middle of a forest kind of thing, I really like, I actually pictured the house and like forest set up from. 3D, <laughs> the rich lady in the house kind of situation. Oh, yeah. Like that's what I picture. <laughs> like you're like oh running God. away in the house and everything. But imagine um, the woods being the ones from the Blair Witch Project because that's actually the woods that were surrounding our neighborhood with like the Burkittsville yeah. kind of area. So like that was but, that was the woods. I do know. I know. I do know that you mentioned that the the Blair Witch myth is like not even a thing though over there yeah, though. It's, it's not real. Yeah, no, totally made up are, for the movie. Lost in the Potomac Woods is definitely a thing. Like that's that's mm -hmm. something that we're that everyone's scared of. I just want to bring this back up for a second because it's just so good. Uh, just for two seconds. Uh, that is to say that like yeah, we. Who knows if you have like your sense about you? If you weren't, if I wasn't a teenager, if I you know if if things didn't feel so much like a movie in that moment, like things felt unreal and felt like okay, how mm -hmm. would you react in a movie? I reacted yeah. how a character like how Sydney Prescott in Scream would react because she was always kicking those guys and they were always falling over because they were super klutzy uh ghost face killers uh mm -hmm. but you know having if i had just grown up on texas chainsaw massacre or other final girl movies like from the 80s i might have just thought mm -hmm. the only option was running away because it didn't become a thing of like fighting back until until a little bit later on in the like the, the cultural tropes i when when i was in high school i was like a freshman maybe a sophomore in high school um i was standing outside waiting for one of my parents to pick me up from school and there was a, a van came up Ooh, a van came up i'm like waiting i'm by myself me and my little metal headphones and you know i'm in my like my field hockey gear you know coming back from practice and uh uh two guys were in the car um, uh, <laughs> two guys were in the car. They asked, Hey, can you show us where the soccer fields are? Nope. And, and I said, Oh, it's literally across the street right there. At this point, they're like, um, I'm like five feet away from them. Cause I'm at the curb waiting for my parents to pick me up. And so like literally like five feet <laughs> and, um, and they said, Oh, can you just show us? We'll bring you right back. Nope. And I, and I said, no, it's like literally right there, you know, um, and I like slowly like walk back a little bit <laughs> because I see um, like you can see like the door pop open a little bit. 
Oh my God, that's so cool, Alex. <laughs> Just a little bit. There's two. I thing is, I thing is, I don't know. Um, I, I say I don't remember looking, but thing is, I, I just see the door, for the, the back door pop out a little bit, and there was no windows. Yeah. Oh God, that's so to crazy. this car. <laughs> but I walk back a little bit, and I said, literally, it's right there, and and they're like, oh, it's no bit. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's like you can you can definitely show us. No big deal. I, I like I promise it won't be an issue. And I'm like, no, it's just right there. And that's like, yeah, sorry, can't help you. And I just like walk back towards the school, Wait, like speed uh, walking. <laughs> and I, knowing you, it is in the uh, arbor because she just is too smart and she bounces. I was like, f this. <laughs> but it, it just kind of. But thing is, the thing is, because of that situation, um, I actually I remember I watched the movie Hostel for the first time when I was in college. Oh, and that movie is yeah that that movie yeah. is not about it's not about it's not about like a high school girl. It's not from the point of view of a girl or anything yeah, for most parts. But yeah. yeah, but thing is, it, it's it's the concept that people are being kidnapped and taken to be tortured people are paying to torture someone else actively where you're like give me an age give me a race and give me a gender and i will find that person and i'll find them to give yeah. to you so you can torture and and that and as a result I, I like i kind of like kept thinking the baffle situation that i experienced and i was like because i remember like a real genuine fear and watching it and i like i like i remember watching hostel and it, it felt like I that that's saying even it came up on cinema bias, even if like 20 people suggested it, I'm like, bring someone else on. I will not watch this movie under any circumstances. Yeah, I just I won't. Not again. No, watch. not again. Um, but it was uh -huh. just, yeah, it was so it was uh it, yeah, so it was like and knowing it was like it's like it's it's all about gore, it's all about that, and it, it really scared the crap out of me, that whole idea of like what like in an alternate in another world and an alternate oh, timeline yeah. i was kidnapped and yeah. horrible things could have happened to me and yeah. it's really yeah. it's really terrifying it so it kind of it's like in these logic i mean like look and i say that like, i know what i would do in a horror movie that's not saying that mm -hmm. i am smart when it comes to recognizing danger there i mean yeah it's like ted bundy the serial killer and this is a real story this is not something that happened in the mm -hmm. movie this is not scream uh, Ted Bundy would dress, he was a very handsome man and he would dress like a policeman uh, yeah. or, or like a policeman or a fireman. He would look like a position of authority. He was very young. He's very handsome. And he would put his arm in a sling. So he looked like he was mm -hmm. injured and he would ask you to help him carry something to his car. And he was a handsome young policeman being like, you know, that's the kind of thing I could easily see my dumb ass being like, oh yeah, sorry officer. Like, let me help you. Like, cause I have such a conditional thing about thinking authority figures are good people. And like always having good. That's not just you. That's as a, as a, as a society. I think yeah. I, I think everyone does. I mean, we're conditioned to feel that way. Yeah. You know, play some certain comfort. Like you know, you can't be in this position without being. Yeah. A good person, right? In yeah, theory. Been a real but that's not true. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely a very. I think that happens a lot. You know, there's, but also, you know, you you hear it all the time with serial killers and stats and things like that. You know, serial killers and you know people with um, uh, control issues, things like that. You know, a lot of times they go into law or positions of authority, like security, law enforcement, things like that, because it gives them a sense of control. Um, you know, going yeah. It, 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 yeah, and it's, uh, the madman. And it gives them 
Yeah, who's, who's yeah, going a sense of authority. very similar mm-hmm. uh, mentalities. Uh, I do want to say, yeah, I, look, first of all, Lon, you're completely uh, crazy. Lon, just you're completely, absolutely insane. Ted Bundy was a really, really handsome man, and he could look like a lot of different. He could his handsomeness was sort of generic. It could kind of change the way mm-hmm. he like he could look different from different angles. He was very handsome. Uh, Zac Efron did a good job as him, but like you know, just Ted Bundy was a handsome yeah. man. Uh, he was a handsome man. He's not, it's not, he's not hot and sexy, but by golly, you know, from, you know, he was a good looking guy. He really, really was. Not to get too off topic, but Ted Bundy was an interesting one because there was like, there was not that much in his background that like could that point to this. Anne Rule, who was a very famous, like true crime, uh, you know, writer was his friend at the suicide hotline and like never suspected him like the entire time the murders were happening. That's what Strangers is mm-hmm. beside me about. I mean, like this guy just fooled everyone and i'm just saying like i don't know if i have a smart sense of danger like i don't know if i have the the, the greatest self-preservation instinct i just know how to like mm-hmm. deal with scenarios that my my lizard brain has like conditioned to be like horror movie scenarios so like i know what to do mm-hmm. if a vampire asks to come in the house and i'm like no 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 it's well it's actually funny you say that as well because actually the uh the killer uh, uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. He actually, in order to lure women into his car, he would pretend he's had he he, he would be in an arm in it would be in a sling. That was the, he that wouldn't was be. Uh, yeah, he uh, he would be. Uh, he didn't have like a, a cop's uniform or anything, obviously, yeah. but he had like a he had like a uniform, like a cleaner uniform. Like a moving van. Yeah, like a moving van. And he's like he's having trouble. And the woman comes over and it's like, it's a guy that's clearly struggling. He has glasses. He His arms in a sling. He's having trouble. Clearly he's not, he's not in a situation to overpower you, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I think that, look, uh, Tom Harris was obsessed. I mean, he is obsessed uh, with, with true crime stories. So like Tom Harris like took a lot of this. He took a lot from Ed game, but he obviously took a lot from Ted Bundy with that specific mm-hmm. moment in the, uh, in the in the book and in the movie. Uh, he was there for the monster Florence case. He went to Italy and like studied up on this case of the monster Florence. So it was terribly mishandled by the uh, Italian detectives and then put that as this background to Hannibal. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, that guy was real DTS, down to serial killer stuff. Uh, hey, Robert Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say we're not getting too, too off track here, I, I hope, but uh yeah. Now that we're, I think this is the last cinema bias we're going to be doing this month of October. So you're yes. off the hook now. So how's it how's it feel having gone through this <laughs> gamut of horror movies uh, and forcing yourself to 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 explore past your comfort level? Um, it's uh, this has actually been probably the most. I'm actually quite proud of myself for getting through this month of horror. I'm I'm still have more horror movies to watch just because. Um, this is the first the first year that I've been like, you know what, I'm actively gonna watch watch movies outside of my comfort zone, and that is horror movies. So outside of a cinema bias, I've watched over 30 horror movies. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> um, let's so let's give us a couple, give us a taste. Um, okay, so a lot of them are older ones. Like I watched the original with Vincent Price, House on Haunted Hill. I watched 30 Days a Night. I watched Silent Hill and Silent Hill Reservation uh, Revelations. I watched My Bloody Valentine and the and also the remake with the Jensen Ackles. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre One, Two, Three, and the 3D. 
um, The Crazies, the original and the remake recently. Uh, I watched Dark Water, the Japanese horror movie, as well as uh, the remake with Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Dracula, uh, I watched the uh, one of the Dracula movies with Christopher Lee, as well as Bram Stoker's Dracula. It follows Dracula Untold. That was I love Dracula and told them it was so much fun. Oh, okay. uh, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 and 3, as well as the first one. I haven't seen the first one in a minute. Um, Night of the Living Dead uh, by George Romero and Night of the Living Dead 3, the third one. I can't remember what the subtitle was. Um, yeah, Elvira, Mistress of Evil, Mistress of the Dark. What? I think it's Day of the Dead is, is the third one. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I remember the poster. I don't remember the title totally um suspiria the set the second and third blair witch project movies count dracula antrim um overlord yo yo overlord so i love overlord i, I had so no good. idea what to expect with that overlord so but damn i still don't even I know i loved it i think it's kind of based on the game uh like uh, escape from castle wolfenstein i think it was kind of based on that but it was yeah. just so good it was just so kinetic so and like it was like inglorious yeah. bastards but like if it was like horror like it was so good yeah i loved it it actually watching that movie makes me so sad there's not more war horror movies because now watching that movie i'm like it's it's so easy to make that connection. Like, yeah. especially with soldiers coming back with PTSD and things like that, where how do you not, being in those situations of high stress, high anxiety, high terror and fear, <laughs> how do you have not you go, seen, uh, have you, have seen you not tied Ladder? up to horror movies? I know that Jacob's Ladder no. is it's kind of like, oh, I see Jacob's Ladder deals a lot with these themes and well, specifically with the theme of coming home from war. Yeah. Seeing things and being like, well, do I have PTSD or am I like hallucinating because yeah. I'm crazy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really fast. It's, um, I watched The Boy, The Poltergeist, uh, first, second, and third one, and the remake from like 2005. Oh, um, yeah, Fright oh, Night wait. and the remake with 2011. I love Fright Night. My Colin Farrell one. Now, see, I like oh, that one. I watched both of them. I like both. both I like both of them because it, it does a good thing the way that the Evil Dead remake did, where it didn't try to be like the original. Like, it's yeah. not trying to be funny. The original is like very funny. It's a horror comedy. And the remake was like, yeah. Uh, screw that. This is like a pretty intense horror movie where like the devil, I mean, the, the vampire can be like, oh, you're not gonna let me into your house. Well, then let me just rip up like a pipeline and set your house on fire. Now you don't have a house. No problem. Like problem solved. Like I don't have mm -hmm. to be invited anywhere. It's, it's like, a funny like way to deal with that issue. It's, there's like mints where it's funny, but that's just because of like the charisma <laughs> of the characters. Like David Tennant is everything <laughs> in that yeah. movie. Yeah, I love David like, Tennant. It's so good. It, it's so uh, funny. It makes me. It makes me genuinely sad we never got a sequel. Um, um, it also makes me incredibly sad we never got a sequel to this. This uh, because uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D was actually in, um, it was pitched as a trilogy. That would have been great. Just keep that going. Keep that, I would keep. I would. But, see, I would keep to see that movie again, like, I, or to see that movie continue. It, but the thing is, she. Th but the problem is, is that she didn't. Uh, what's that thing is? I think it would have been awesome. I would have loved to watch it. Thing is, though, it didn't make enough money. That's why we didn't get them. Oh. So. Yeah, I still so like it's, it's, yeah. on VOD. Like, I, I still think that there's a room for it, and it doesn't need to even be Leatherface. I think the idea now of this family is like so iconic that you could just keep going. Uh, mm -hmm. I do say like, um, wait, so Lon's comment of cinema bias and Jacob Ladder scenario. When do you see Jacob Ladder? And maybe that will be something, it's not quite a horror movie, like in a traditional sense. So I think I could still put on the cinema bias list and make you watch sometime. 
It's a uh, real good Tim Robbins. It's it's such a good old movie, but like mm -hmm. once, once you see it, you'll understand the phrase that I have on a T-shirt that says, uh, "Is this another Jacob's Ladder scenario?" Which references a very mm -hmm. specific uh, thing that Jacob's Ladder does as a film uh, and a, a plot thing that happens. Uh, and I have a shirt that says it because it's one of the things from How Did This Get Made. Uh, it's sort of like a reference now that's sort of like an in joke mm -hmm. about anytime like a movie gets too crazy or two off the walls, or if it involves any sort of like nonlinear or like a, like a narrator that's unreliable, you can ask, is this a Jacob's Ladder scenario? And so I can't wait Oh, to there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, well, it's kind of funny. The, this, this has been like the month of, like this has been the month of horror movies. I was thinking about making sci-fi movies or maybe like family dramas. Dude, my well, uh, For next, for next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do that's it. Me that, I'm like, it's, it's between Thanksgiving. So that's like what I was going to do personally. I was like trying to decide between the two genres for the month of November. Because every yeah. month I'm trying to watch actively watch new movies in a genre. Well, that's actually brings us to a good point, which is like, what do you guys want us to watch? Uh, if you guys don't know, you can always subscribe uh, to the Patreon dot uh, com backslash Video Drew, just like everything. Uh, and you can, there's a tier where you can come on and discuss, like, pick a couple movies. We have a letterbox that's a sort of ongoing effort that I need to give you some more suggestions for of movies that yes. one or both of us haven't seen. And if you got, if you go through that list, or if you have some suggestions, you can come on, talk to us about one of your movies, like sort of expand our worldviews a little bit. I mean. This has been a very good month for me because I, uh, big reveal, love horror films. It's my favorite genre. It's a year round. Mind. It's the only thing that I really like that in terms of movies that I actively seek out. Like I'll actively seek out different genres of television. In terms of films, I only kind of actively seek out horror films. Um, I saw like a weird one the other day by Amy Simon. It's called, uh, uh, she'll, she's gonna, was it she'll die tomorrow? Or she's dying tomorrow? Something like that. It's a very cool concept. Uh, I've watched a bunch with Lon. There's just a bunch of great, great horror out there. And I think we're in an era of this elevated horror where we can actually start mm -hmm. taking, like people are starting to take horror movies seriously as films. Yeah. Because they're actually doing interesting things. Um, yeah. Even Dead Up, Trains and oh, Automobiles. That's why, yeah, all the Thanksgiving movies can come in uh, mm -hmm. November. We can also start doing family films like, I don't know, people have been mentioning Fast and Furious as being something we need to see. Neither of us has seen any Fast and Furious. Is I Fast and Furious? I have. Uh, I've only seen the first one. I've never. You know, seen I, yeah. Um, for I, I do kind of want to kill you. I know Robert. He kind of mentioned, but it's like that. It just proves that she has time to watch all these movies. To be completely honest, I've only watched. I would watch one, maybe two a night, depending okay. on my my time. So that's like my. It's it's really like for me. It's not that difficult if I watch one or two a night. So yeah. if I'm lucky, maybe all, two. But you know, like, two, like, what else are we supposed to? This is the time to watch movies. Yeah. Like what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. It's, she passed tomorrow. Yeah, it's kind of fucking. Yeah. Um, I actually mm -hmm. feel bad about myself. Sometimes I beat myself up because I'm not watching enough movies during this time of doing nothing. Like I've started reading books again, and I have to feel guilty about it. How dare you? The nerd. I'm like, you really, gotta get well, ready for this match. It's live. Maybe do don't it. read the book right now. Do you can read? You can read books. Actually, let me see if I can find something. One minute. One minute. I'm reading a horror book right now about the Mariana Trench. It's called The Deep, like the guy from The Boys. Uh, I did not see that piece about Overlord, uh, about Overlord being a prequel to The Boys, but I would very much like to read it. And it actually does make sense that like Compound V is like the substance that they're getting in uh, Overlord. Yeah, it's the same concept, the building a bunch of soldiers from, um... yeah, same thing. 
book exists? Yeah, I don't know, man. Books exist. What? What are you reading? Oh, The Shining. Great. Oh, no. What is that? No, it's a, it's a thousand and one movies you need to see before you die. I actually marked a bunch of the movies that I've been I've seen already, but I w decided uh, halfway through it, I wanted to color code it. Nice. <laughs> color code it like based on genres. So I took out all. I so I took out. So I took out all of my tags that I've seen. What do you mean, like so chakras? Color, what did you say? You ba you base them on chakras? No, I'm gonna base them off like genres. 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 Okay, so like so okay. horror movies. Like so horror movies or, or like war movies are gonna be tagged blue that I've seen. Green are gonna be like are gonna be like dramas. Yellow is gonna be comedy. That kind of thing. But I'm gonna be tagging pretty soon, like all the movies that I've seen. Cause I did that with a few of my other movies, but they're all packed away. So I can't show you. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's very cool. I'm currently reading a, a horror book called The Deep. I think it's by Nick Cutter. Uh, I love horror books as much as I like horror movies, but um, yeah, this one's getting a little, it's getting a little too scary. I never really thought about how scary the ocean is, but the ocean is very, very scary if you think about it too much. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that's like a whole, I feel like that's like that as far as horror movies go, I'm actually really surprised that's not been more of a I'm hoping it becomes a trend in the future. Um well, I think I don't think horror movies. There are not that many of them, mm -hmm. but like ones like Event Horizon are very, very good. Movies that take place on open water are very scary, but they don't tend to be horror yeah. horror. They tend to be like thriller horror, like open water or like, you know, uh the shallows or the thirty seven. Forty seven meters down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, adrift. No, um, I, I Guys, we don't have a movie, I don't think, necessarily uh, on the docket for next uh, week. So me and Alex will have to talk about that. I think we have a couple people that are in line to to have to come on the show. Mm -hmm. I think Lon actually might be one of them. Uh, so that would be kind of cool. Uh, mm. But yeah, so we have a we have a bunch of stuff going on. But other than that, I think this is a good enough. This isn't a good enough place to say. Yeah, we're almost at two hours here. So why don't we? I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, blah blah. Nope. I think we're good. So. Yeah, why don't we say, Alex, where can we where can we find you? Uh, you can actually find me uh, being part of the Cold Action, you know, podcast group. You can find us on audio podcasts as well, like Apple, Spotify. I almost said Spotable. <laughs> that's not Spotable. a word. Spotable. I don't. That's not a word. That's that's ridiculous. I'm trying to see if I can find it right now. Hey, yes. So you can find us like on Apple, all that good stuff. So we would really appreciate you give us a rating over there. Okay. Please and thank you. Um, we can also find me on Twitter at real underscore Alex Mac. Tomorrow I'm going to be hosting a schmobate, Halloween themed schmobate. So it's going to be so much fun. It's oh, going to be between yeah. Adam Witt and Eric uh, Barnes, a.k.a. Warfather. Guys, guys, yes, it's going to be I so much fun. It. So much fun. Uh I love it. Uh, for my end, like, you know, me, I'm here. This is like uh, my channel. So please like and subscribe uh, and leave a comment. That always helps. Uh, you can find me at Video Journal Social Media. Mondays and Thursdays, I do the Video Chronic Pop Culture Quiz right here at 9 p.m. Tuesdays, I do Cinema Bias uh, with Alex at 8 p.m. Uh, Sundays, I do Live in the Dark at 9 p.m. over on this channel. On Fridays, I do at 8 p or 9 p.m. I do um, Twitch. So that's twitch.tv backslash video drew. And... I'm doing now weekly or sorry, daily training sessions, essentially daily training sessions uh, with my Patreon to get ready for this upcoming pay-per-view match I have because I will be playing 
against Jen Kemp is uh, the undercard for the Wild Berries uh, pay-per-view match on November 13th. So it's a good enough reason to come on by and join our, our training sessions. They're usually around 5 p.m. And uh, on Saturday, I think I'm going to be hosting a little Halloween party. Uh, so that's going to be like a fun thing. I think that's going to be over on Twitch. We'll be watching movies, playing Jackbox games, eating candy, dressing up, being silly. We're going to do a lot. Please, please watch, uh, do a watch along of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. If it's on Prime, like this thing as a, as a oh, affiliate, like if it's on Amazon Prime, it's the regular Prime without having to buy it. I can stream it to all everyone that I'm watching stuff with. So it's going to be really uh, fun. Uh, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really actually looking for the Wick versus Warfather one. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to swing by after uh, this this other show we have to do. Um, time is like I don't know. This past couple days, like I'm like getting booked minute to minute to minute. So I'm really happy to have this this sort of a biased time to just sit out and go. Okay, time to watch a movie. And maybe next week, Alex, maybe it will be your turn because you've you've missed a couple weeks in a row of us having to force you to watch. Like, maybe your turn. Well, I. Well, technically, I did pick this movie for us to chat about. Oh yeah, that's what I but, but but technically, I did pick it. But it's yeah. like you were the one. It's not in your. It's not in your wheelhouse. So we'll see. It was, it, yeah, it was. It was my first time watching it though. At the same time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Have a spooky rest of your week. Uh, don't forget to vote, and I love you very much. That's right. Bye.